When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Voices of the Vic podcast with Ben Ayton and Mike Duffy. This episode contains some strong language. And welcome to the Voices of the Vic with me, Mike Duffy, and Ben Ayton. Merry Christmas to the listener as this podcast goes out on Christmas Eve. Ben, as I've just said, this podcast is out on Christmas Eve. Have you got that Christmas feel this year? I know it's obviously different with COVID, but are you you feeling that Christmas festivity? Yeah, I love Christmas, me. Um, the Christmas feelings definitely hit the household. Uh, the trees up, cooked mince pies yesterday. Um, and Christmas, Christmas films have been on um, non-stop. Um, I think I'm on my fourth or fifth Christmas film in the last two days now. So, yeah, Christmas feelings here now. Trying to make the most of it as much as we can during these difficult times. But, yeah, it, it's definitely hit my household. How about you, mate? Good stuff. Yeah, uh, well, I mean... <laughs> I well, say I'm working. I was going to say yeah, I'm, I'm working, so I'm, I'm working right through Christmas. The only days I forget is the bank holidays. Um, but I mean, the last few years, it's obviously coming with age. But the, the Christmas train hasn't hit me yet, so um, maybe I'll, I'll probably see how I sleep tonight on, on Christmas Eve. Because uh, yeah, um, the less said about that, the better. Because I'm 25, <laughs> not five. Uh, you but know yeah. what it is? I think it's because I've got a little one now. So if, yeah. I, if I was the same as you, I, I wouldn't really be looking forward to it. There's nothing to really to look yeah. forward to. And now, she, like she's looking at the Christmas tree months. She's like only three months old, and she she loves the bright lights, lights, and giving her a couple of presents for her to feel. And she loves like how it crunches the paper and that. So yeah, it's exciting. So it, it brings the magic back, and yeah, absolutely loving absolutely, it. Absolutely, Yeah, no, absolutely. It, it would do as as parents for the first time at Christmas. I, I can't imagine like the, the feelings that you're going through, and I'm sure it's delightful. And yeah, so it's it's Christmas time. It, it's been the weirdest year ever, and we're obviously going to talk about the, the calendar year and we're going to talk about the year from a Watford FC perspective uh, here on this Christmas special. So we'll start very quickly with obviously the last podcast. I was going on about how good the timing was that we because we recorded later than we usually would on that Sunday and it actually meant that the sacking of Vladimir Ivic had happened before we recorded. And here was me saying, well, we've timed this brilliantly. Uh, and then I think a little bit later on, on the Sunday, was it? Or was it the Monday uh, Munoz was announced? Um, it was one of the two, but... Sunday time, evening. Yeah, so the, the timing wasn't impeccable. But yeah, so later that night on the Sunday evening, it was Cisco Munoz was the man announced to take over the reins from Vladimir Ivic. Um, it sounded like it was going to be him from the reports from the Athletic, the Telegraph, I think they broke it first. Uh, he came over from Georgia where he won the league with Dynamo Tibbley. Um, and he's, there was a f- few, I mean, an hour in, I mean, Twitter has been a really negative place. I just want to point out, obviously the last couple of days, 
they've been sort of they've been slowly getting better. But that sort of few days when Ivic got sacked and like there was all this with Troy going on talk sport because that's what he does, it was a really negative place. And you saw quite a lot of Watford fans actually say, I'm going to take a break from Twitter and I'll be back in the new year. And I just want to say on that point of view that you get behind the team. Listen, I know things haven't been going great and all these rumours and everything else, but no matter who's in charge, we get behind the team. And at the end of the day, it's our support that they need. And, you know, I, I will continue to pay £10 for every home match. and Well, for every match, uh, unless it's on Sky, obviously. But I will always get back behind the team. And I think everybody else needs to. It is difficult times. But look, it could be a lot worse. We could be, you know, down the bottom. Uh, but we, if we're moaning like this and, and we're fifth in the table, then, you know, I'd I'd rather do that. I'd rather be fifth in the table. So, yeah, just on that point. But Munoz was a man to take over. Uh, there was a few sort of iffy moments because he doesn't actually hold the relevant coaching badges to coach in the Premier League, but he's got the relevant coaching badges to coach in the Championship, which is good. I'm just going to read a little quote that he said um, in his first interview with Kevin Affleck. He said, I'm very happy to be here. This is a good chance at a very club. I want to enjoy the situation. I am happy and I want to start work with the guys. I feel very good. We have very good players. We have good support from the fans and I can't wait to start. And from from that first ever press conference, Ben, everything has been shown in the media. It's all absolutely brilliant and everything looks positive. They've released snaps of training. Um, there was an instance earlier in the week where Ishmael Asar removed everything like Watford, his profile picture is now changed to him in um, a Senegal training top or a Wren, his old club. He removed Watford out of his bio. He's today, um, as we record on the 23rd, put a picture up of a smiley face and it's of him and Troy Deeney in training. So everything seems okay, Ben, and uh, hopefully he brings what we're after in terms of attacking football. Yeah, that's what we need, isn't it? Attacking football. Um, I think it's a very Pozzo appointment. Um, yes. Someone that we've never really heard of um, came in from out of nowhere. Um, we weren't really expecting him to come in until a day or two before Ivic uh, got sacked. And then he, he's came in. He's um, been very positive. He's been smiling at press conferences. <laughs> I think I think he's, he's one up on Ivic already. He smiles straight away when you walk through the door. Uh, he looks a very likeable guy. Um, the players, I think, will like him a lot more. Um, reading from the Athletic, Adam Leventhal, Kevin Athlet, and then the Moose on Talksport as well. Uh, they've all said how good it is and refreshing to talk to him and how likeable he is and how determined that he wants to get this job right and I'm I'm excited at, at first when you hear he come he came in it's like well who's this bloke um mm-hmm. let's hope it's another Slavisio Jukanovic um but hopefully fingers crossed it could be um there's a bit of the issues that he hasn't got the Premier League coaching badges at the moment but he yep. is doing it at the, t- the time being, I understand. So I wouldn't worry about it too much. And anyway, he could be out the door in four months' time. So <laughs> he might not need him after all at all. But fingers oh, crossed it. I-, I really want it to work out for him. And I don't yeah. know about you, but when I'm looking at him and seeing pictures, I see David Villa. <laughs> yeah. He's no, got you know a bit what? of him about him. Yes. 
Yes, somebody was talking to me the other day saying they think he looks like someone, but they can't quite put their finger on it. And I was looking at a picture yeah. from when he was manager of Tbilisi, uh, and he looks like a little bit of the Atletico Madrid manager, Diego Simeone. But I'm looking at a picture of him here now. I've got it up on my phone after reading that quote. And now you've said David Villa, uh, David Villa, I can't see anything else but David Villa. That is shout of the that is shout of twenty twenty. Ben, you can have your own category for that, mate. Um, but yeah, no. Listen, I, I think we're all sort of. He seems like a, a great guy, and he, he's very adamant of how he wants to play. He's already said tonight on the twenty third that he you will see different changes in the squad um, in terms of how we play, not necessarily the, the the players within that squad, but you will see change. And I just want to see Ishmael Asar running at players again, looking confident looking sort of like his performance against Liverpool, which uh, I'm sure you'll hear about in this episode. Uh, I, I just want to see confidence and just attacking because this game on Boxing Day, my word, he's got one hell of a baptism of fire on his hands. So it's going to be an interesting first game for uh, for Munoz. To, uh, but if he wins, you know, I tell you what, what a, what a start that will be. And then obviously he's got an extended break because if you haven't seen, the Millwall game has been postponed due to a COVID outbreak from Millwall's point of view. Uh, so they've got a little bit of time then. And I believe after that, am I wrong in saying it's Swansea or is it the FA Cup first? I think it's Swansea in the league and then the FA Cup. Um, I could be wrong on that though. So uh, apologies if I am. But Ben, we are here to talk about everything 2020, basically. So myself and Ben have been working hard, uh, or hardly working, <laughs> one of the two, um, in terms of sort of devising categories of what we can talk about for, for the for the year just gone. Now, obviously, this would have been a lot better had the year just gone been a successful one. It was unfortunately a year that saw Watford relegated back to the Premier League, uh, back to the Championship, sorry, after five years stay in the Premier League. Now, we have divided the categories. You will be hearing from familiar voices that have been on this show. Uh, so I might as well tell you who they are now. So we've got Jacob Coulshaw giving his take on, um, he'll be giving his take on individual performance. Um, in terms of the players' individual performance of 2020, and he'll be telling us Player of the Year. We've got Tom from the Golden Pages, the editor. He'll be giving us his take on the worst performance of 2020. Uh, he's got the pick of the bunch. Uh, he'll also <laughs> be telling us the Player of the Year as well. He's uh, Player of the Year, sorry. And then lastly, but certainly not least, James from the Watford Way will be telling us who he, who he believes the player that we sold or loaned out that we're missing the most. And he will also be telling us his player of the calendar year. So without further ado, let's get started. And we'll start with the team performance of the year. So Ben, we, we, we've also put these questions, we put a few of these questions out on social media, which you guys brilliantly interacted with. We cannot thank you enough for the interaction that you're giving us at the moment. Me and Ben are blown away by it all, but we'll be reading some of those out as well. I'm going to allow Ben, because Nigel Pearson took over in December or November, because it's Christmas time and I'm a nice guy, I'm going to allow any performances from December, 20, uh, December 2019. It doesn't necessarily have to be in 2020. I'm going to allow December 2019 at a push. So based on that, 
if you were to look back at our performances, and like I say, there's some noticeable ones from when Pearson first come in, and some maybe this season, what would your team performance be, Ben? Uh, the, the standout one. Uh, I'm going to give you two um, yeah, yeah. because I think I think um, the fans, that, um, the viewers, have voted for this one. So I'm going to mention yeah. this one first. It's um, the three nil victory or three nil demolition of the champions of Europe and champions of England, Liverpool. Yep. Um, absolutely fantastic performance. I think probably one of the best performances I've ever seen by Watford team. Um, against anyone um, yeah. it, it's just fantastic all over the field each man was 11 out of 10 um, yeah. we, to think we lost our best player on the pitch as well uh, De La Feu after 30-40 minutes as well and going into half time at 0-0 come out second half so strong and we scored three goals against Liverpool it, it was absolutely fantastic what a performance and, and to go into this game as well I think we had an, of one for the last five games going into it. Yeah. Um, so it, it was a bit of a tricky run as well. And then just to turn up there and oh, under the lights as well, because I think it was a Saturday evening kickoff. Such a special, special evening and moment to be at Vicarage Road to witness that. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to say Liverpool, the 3-0 win over Liverpool, um, yep. which I think the viewers have also said about. And then um, just quickly, um, also, it's going to be as, as as you've allowed for December 2019, um, I'm going to go for the 3-0 victory over Aston Villa, over a relegation rival. Um, we were down to 10 men as well, um, and we completely played them off the park as well, even down to 10 men. Um, Ismail Saar was outstanding that day, and it, it was just great, wasn't it? I think Troy even scored um, in Troy. front of the Villa fans. Yep. And so, yeah, it was another great occasion and another great performance. Absolutely. And Ben, you weren't alone with voting some of those. Now, we actually, before every, anyone's sort of listening, scratching their heads, thinking, well, obviously it's Liverpool. We did say when we put this out on social media that the first topic would be your favourite Watford performance in the calendar year other than dismantling Liverpool. Because if we were to just put out your favourite performance in the calendar year, then obviously all the votes would probably be the Liverpool game so we wanted to mix it up a little bit and to be fair we've got quite a wide variety of answers we've got uh, Bournemouth obviously as you've just said Ben 3-0 win at Bournemouth uh, Stu Levi said Bournemouth away without question in some ways nearly just as good as the Liverpool game for the do total dominance on and off the pitch and the all-round piss take. Uh, I'm going to have to put a swearing <laughs> thing out now on the, uh, on the start. So thanks for that, Stu. Uh, we've got the one and only um, only one Steve D, who was actually on the show uh, like Stu last week. Uh, to be honest, not many to choose from, so it has to be Bournemouth away. Um, I mean, I think personally there's plenty to choose from. Frankie Holiday says, Bournemouth, no doubt in my mind, what a day out as well. Uh, John Parslow, who's a regular listener of ours, 3-0 away win versus Bournemouth. Perfect performance and put the muff down with us. Um, Jess Smart, my sister, said Aston Villa, the Aston Villa home game like you, Ben, 3-0. Um, that is 
actually jumping the gun a little bit, that is probably my performance um, of the of 2020 as well, followed closely by the Bournemouth 3-0. Because I think the Bournemouth 3-0 thing, um, Villa lost 6-0 that day as well to Man City because I was in Birmingham um, and I was watching the Bournemouth game, um, well, the Bournemouth-Watford game, and then we watched the Aston Villa game. Uh, and I think we were still within a shout of staying up at that time as well. Um, so... Uh, Cameron, my brother, has said Wolves at home. Ben Matthews, who is another regular listener, regular listener of the show, who has also recently put out a very nice tweet about us and uh, another podcast. So thanks for that, Ben. Uh, Bournemouth away. Always get a nice feeling inside when we beat them. Um, and it made his day even better. Hornet Shane actually said Man United at the Vic and Bournemouth away. Uh, now, Steve D did say that Man United was late 2019, but we're allowing that. Uh, and that's exactly what we've had from others. Uh, Golden Boys 1881 on Instagram has said 4-1 uh, against Preston this season. Uh, very, very interesting. Ashton got in touch with us on Instagram and said Watford 3, Coventry 2. And Ashton also said he only became a Watford fan in early July. So that's probably why he's, uh, he's, he's chose that one. And uh, that, was, that was full of goals. Uh, the Hornets Nest, um, 1881. I can't believe more people didn't say this one, Ben. New Year's Day, Watford 2, Wolves 1. The Watford, the, when we beat Wolves 2-1 at home. Uh, I think it was Decore scored and it was his birthday as well. And then Delafeu scored uh, from the same side of the pitch. Obviously not as good as his Wembley goal, but from the same side of the pitch. Um, our friend Ben Cox said Aston Villa 2, uh, Watford's 1. Uh, thanks for that, Coxie. To be fair to Coxie, he's a Villa fan and he's our mate, but he interacts with everything we do. So, uh, yeah, thanks for that, Coxie. I don't know why I actually read it out. I thought I'd, uh, I'd give you some jib, but I'll, uh, I'll let you off, mate. Uh, Jake Roy said Watford 3, Liverpool, uh, Watford 3, Aston Villa nil. Jason Farkhausen said Watford 3, Aston Villa nil. Uh, Logan from Instagram said Watford 2, Wolves 1. And Jamie Davis said Watford 2, Man United now, which was December. Um, uh, or Watford 2, Norwich City 1, post-lockdown, where obviously Danny Welbeck scored that brilliant overhead kick. So that's all your guys' thoughts on social media. Uh, obviously, I've said that mine would be the Aston Villa one purely because I got to get one over my mates. That was absolutely brilliant. Uh, although they, a couple of sort of, well, a month or so later, they uh, they got them, they got me back after beating us at Villa Park, which we, uh, we won't talk about too much because uh, I wasn't a very happy man for that game. Moving on to the individual performances now, not the team performance. Obviously, as I've said, we heard from Jacob from WD18 and also most notably from the Hornet Hive as well. He's appeared on this season. Uh, and we asked Jacob who his individual performance of the 2020 was. And this is Jacob's nomination. Right, moving on to the individual performance of the year. Now, I think there's only one game we can really pick this performance out from, and that is the, obviously, well, obviously, the home win against Liverpool, the 3-0 win against the champions-elect, the champions of Europe at the time. They obviously went on to become Premier League champions. Um, I could pick anyone from that day because we were absolutely phenomenal from start to finish. To each, to, each to a man, we were brilliant. But I think the one player that stood out for me that day was Ismail Assar. 
He was unplayable, absolutely unplayable from start to finish. I mean, the fact is he dominated the best defender in the world in Virgil van Dijk. He was just brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And there was nothing stopping him that day, particularly in the second half when he got the two goals. But I think the call, the calmness, the chip Allison in that position, he stepped up on the big occasion. He took his chances when called upon. Notable shout-outs, obviously, to Troy Deeney that day. I think Etienne Capoue worked his absolute nuts off. Um, it worked his cojones off uh, to, to press down the Liverpool back line constantly. I think it was one moment where he ran, a, ran to the Liverpool back line. It was like the 90th minute, still pressing. But I think the one performance that stands out for me is Ismail Assar from that day. And that is the individual performance of the calendar year for me. So yeah, interesting pick there, Ben. I, I I personally agree with with what you said there. Obviously, Saar against Liverpool was he, he was unplayable, as Jacob said. Can you think of any better, or can you think of another one just just to be a little bit different? It's it's difficult because we're trying to pick a individual performance in the year where we got relegated. Yes, and the year where we've just had a manager sat. <laughs> um, so it, it's difficult, but if, if if I'm looking anything deeper, possibly Ben Foster's performance at Sheffield United away. If we go in December, oh, that was yeah. Um, I, I just remember that save that came across in front of the cop end at Sheffield United, and he he pulled off his magnificent save. And him and Mariapa just looking at each other afterwards, like, <laughs> how on earth did you keep that out? Um, so yeah, I'm going to put Ben Foster away at Sheffield United. I think he made a good save to Ollie McBurney as well from a header. <laughs> He did. Uh, it was his... low down. It was yeah. it was low down drilled, and yeah, he he was brilliant that game, and um, it, it was a, a a good point away from home in the end. Uh, I think Will Hughes gave away a penalty in that game, which is a, a little bit annoying because Delafeu opened the scoring for us. Um, but yeah, um, I completely agree with what you said and what Jacob has said. Um, I, I think it's so hard to disagree because Saar against Liverpool was brilliant. I also yeah. think Troy Deeney had a very good game a good game purely because he was very clever in the sense of he knew to stick to Lovren as opposed to Van Dijk and he got joy out of Lovren and he gave Lovren a hurry time and uh, you know he, he obviously got a goal against Liverpool as well the first one in his career uh, but I, I would struggle to go beyond that Saar performance against um, against Liverpool and then I think you've rightly said Foster against Sheffield United um, is is a brilliant one and for you guys that are listening at home if there's any blaringly obvious ones that you would give or disagree or agree let us know on Twitter once you've listened at Voices of the Vic uh, or let us know on Instagram it depends where you follow us um, moving on to probably a, a, a category where there's going to be more nominations uh, unfortunately we, we didn't really want to throw this in but at the same time I, I think there's that many that were up for discussion. It was interesting to see what you guys thought about it. So, worst performance of 2020. We asked Tom Wicks from the Golden Pages. He's the editor from the Golden Pages. Uh, for his worst performance of 2020. And this was Tom's answer. Worst performance of the year. Blimey, there have been a few. My choice is the West Ham away game in July after the restart. Perhaps our second half turnout makes this a slightly harsh pick for worst performance, but it was definitely the most disappointing as it was such an important game. 
with chances to escape from the relegation zone running out, a win against a distinctly average, albeit informed, West Ham side could have been enough to keep us up as we hover precariously above the trapdoor. However, what transpired was shambolic and in all intents and purposes relegated us. We were 2-0 down after 10 minutes and conceded a third after 36 minutes, which killed us. Nigel Pearson looked stunned like most of us. There's a complete lack of belief, focus and quality despite all the pre-game talk. Troy grabbed one back on 49 minutes, but it wasn't enough to spark a comeback. We put them under pressure, but realistically there was no way we were going to overturn a three-goal deficit. An honourable mention for the Barnsley performance at the end of October and the recent Huddersfield game, which were both truly dreadful. Two performances completely devoid of quality against somewhat predictable opposition. Hopefully there won't be too many more of these as we enter 2021 aiming to win promotion. So, yeah, he's picked that (laughs) terrible, terrible performance away at West Ham where obviously that punch gates, we'll call it, happened with Pearson and then locking him in the changing rooms, all that rubbish that come out afterwards. I, I, I don't think there's possibly... A worse one. I mean, you could say Man City because, again, they they just tear us apart all the time, don't they? But I think in terms of the probably the importance of the fixture, I think Tom's got it absolutely spot on there, Ben. Yeah, I would say the Man uh, Man City eight nil away was maybe the worst performance, but the most disappointing yeah. performance would definitely be the West Ham one. Um, considering we've just had two back to back home victories, two one victories over Norwich and Newcastle, going into West Ham relegation contenders like ourselves, it was a must win game, and we was absolutely dog shit for that game. Um, <laughs> it, it, it was awful, wasn't it? Um, yeah. It's just so bad. Uh, fully expecting us to turn up and the players to be up for it, but there was all on the coach still. It, it was just so poor from the first whistle. Um, the whole first half was poor. A slight improvement for the first 10 minutes of the second half, but yeah, that's, that must be, that's got to be the most frustrating and disappointing performance of the season. Yeah, yeah, I, I I think you've summed it up perfectly there, Ben. You know, the, the, the fact that we'd come in off the back of those two wins and there's that slight glimmer of hope that you're thinking, OK, we can turn this around. You know, we, we've just had two, maybe not convincing wins, but a win's a win, especially in the situation we were. And then just to start like that was absolutely atrocious. Uh, I still remember to this day watching it. And do you know what, as well, I, I just... <laughs> As you say, we've got the pick of the bunch for the worst performance in 2020. So, uh, But I I think Tom's done an absolutely stellar job in picking that one out. Moving on to... (laughs) We we actually ummed and ahed about putting this one in. uh, But we thought we'd we'd keep it light-hearted. And we've actually... The next category is manager of 2020. Because (laughs) when you're a a fan of a team like Watford, you can put categories in like this. Because we tend to sort of offload our managers pretty quickly. Now, there is only Nigel Pearson, Hayden Mullins and Vladimir Ivic to pick from these three. I think I know what the answer is going to be, Ben, but who would your manager of 2020 be from those three candidates there? I just want to say, I saw something on Twitter um, yesterday saying yeah. that since the start of last season, we've had five managers. Uh, <laughs> Javi Garcia, uh, Kiko Sanchez-Flores, um, Nigel Pearson, Hayden Mullins, 
Ben Vladimirovic. It, it's terrible, isn't it? But yeah, it, it, it's definitely a talking point when you're a Watford fan and other yeah. other fans are coming up to you, isn't it? It's like, oh yeah, what's going on with your manager situation? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, um, man, my manager of 2020 would be Nigel Pearson. I know it didn't end very well with Pearson or Watford, but we were dead and buried before he turned up. Um, and for him to come in, I thought we put in a spirited performance away at Liverpool. Um, we lost 2-0. And then after that performance, we was actually six games unbeaten. We beat Man United at home 2-0. Sheffield Wednesday, we drew 1-1 away from home. That's always a tough place to go to. Beat Villa 3-0 at home. Beat Wolves 2-1 at home. Mm-hmm. Beat Bournemouth 3-0 away from home. And then Spurs 0-0. And at home and then it the rail it just derailed a little bit after that. But yeah, um I think he was better than Hayden Mullins. He only had a couple of games unfortunately. Yeah, did, yeah. And then Ivich it's it's not been a great watch with him this season. At least Pearson's give us has gave us memories, hasn't he, along the way and I'll never forget that Liverpool performance yeah. Um my twenty twenty manager of the season would be Nigel Pearson. Yeah, I, I sort of shot myself in the foot a little bit asking you for your one first because it's hard to argue that really and I, I don't want to give the same answers as Ben because we do like to mix it up and I, I don't mean to sit on the fence but it is hard to look past Nigel Pearson when, when you put those three in front because we literally were. We should never have been in the same sentence of staying up in that season when they were when the business end of the season when it was coming to the end of the season and they start talking about right who's going down this season before Pearson come in we were nowhere nobody was talking about us because we were that dead and buried we had no right to resurrect ourselves like we did and we even got out the bottom three on a couple of occasions as well so for Nigel Pearson to come in and turn the ship around like he did was absolutely phenomenal Yes, we've had some good... Yes, Well, yes, we've picked up results under Vladimir Ivic, but as we discussed at length last week on the last podcast, it's not been a pretty watch. So in terms of dogged performances, putting rolling your sleeves up, getting the result, then I would have to say Nigel Pearson as well. But to be different from Ben... Um, I would probably completely throw a spanner in the works and maybe say Hayden Mullins because I and not maybe for his managerial style, so maybe that's going sort of away from the rules a little bit. But I thought him and Stackey were brilliant. Like the two seemed like two genuine guys had the best interests of the club at heart. I thought it was brilliant that Pearson uh, sort of kept them on when he came in because Mullins and Stackey had had a, a sort of a stint of the managerial. Um, caretaker manager earlier in the season when we played Leicester and I think when we played West Ham as well uh, earlier in the season I I could be wrong about that so don't quote me on it but yeah just to be different I'm going to say hey the Mullins and Stackey because of the personality and they just seem like all-round good guys and had the best interests but in terms of ability I've got to agree with Ben whereby it's it's Nigel Pearson. Just a quick thing you said, Ben, there. Obviously, we're in a position where we can do manager 2020, whether we agree with it or not, because of the amount of managers we've had. And you obviously picked up that stat from the beginning of last season. We've had five managers. Another stat which came out in the week, which I thought was even better, was since 2014, Watford managers have used every letter in the alphabet in their names. 
that is absolutely brilliant and i'm just thinking i know i do our stats for the show when we do our sort of research but who on earth is sitting there thinking i know what i'll do i'll check if every watford manager has had every name of the alphabet in there like who's sitting there doing that like really (laughs) is work that slow i get it's a pandemic but it is a brilliant stat nonetheless yeah i love that yeah right so next we are going to sort of I have a little bit of fun here. So me and Ben have both come up with a question for each other. And the rules are, it's it's the game is called Tenable. And for those that don't know what that is, Ben is going to ask me a question about Watford FC. And there are 10 answers to the question. And I have to name all 10 to get the question right. And then at the end of the show, I'm going to ask Ben my question. And again, there's 10 answers and Ben has to give me the correct 10 answers to get it right. Now, Ben, we, we also, listener, I must uh, admit, we obviously always talk before we start recording, etc. but we don't actually know the questions that each other's got. So we, we've given a little hint about what it might be about. We don't actually know the, the full question. So this is literally... This is the first time I'm hearing it as well. Uh, and obviously, we want to keep you guys involved as much as you can. So whilst Ben is asking the question and whilst I'm thinking of the answer, if play along at home, let us know if you got the answers right. Let us know if you got 10 out of 10, how quickly you got it. Let us know. Uh, we, we, we'd love to know. Um, but yeah, Ben, if you want to fire away with your question, and if you can let me know as well, if the 10 have to be in order, if or if I can just reel off the 10. But uh, yeah, yeah ben, really the floor is yours. Thank you very much. Um, welcome to Christmas Tenable with Voices of the Vic, <laughs> uh, with your host Ben Ayton and my guest Mike Duffy. Mike, how are you? Brilliant. I'm very, very well. <laughs> Pleasure to be on Voices of the Vic. I've been dying to get on here all, all, all season. But I must admit, you wasn't my first choice. Uh, thanks for joining me. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're going to play a game now. Um, I am going to ask you a question and you need to give me 10 answers. I don't need yep. them in order. Um, okay. So I want you to name me the teams Watford have faced on the last 10 Boxing Day fixtures. Do you know what? I thought you was going to ask me that because as I said, ladies and gents, we, we give a a hint about what it was and when Ben told me it was about Boxing Day I thought he's going to ask you me Googled, about haven't you? <laughs> I haven't Googled for because I'm backing myself here I reckon I can get at least six of them um, okay. so we, we'll obviously if I'm stuck obviously Ben will give me clues and, and whatnot because we could be here for hours uh, I'm, there is one team that is featured twice I'll give you that as a little clue the one that's featured twice I'm, yeah. Is it Leicester by any chance? No, but they have featured once. So I'll give you okay. that. Um, Crystal Palace, because I'm sure Troy got his 100th goal from the penalty spot that day. Correct. Um, you've shot yourself in the foot earlier because you reminded me of one. Um, Sheffield Wednesday last season was boxing there. Sheffield Wednesday? Uh, Sheffield United, rather. <laughs> <laughs> if Sheffield Wednesday are on the list, then brilliant. I'll have both, <laughs> no. please. <laughs> no, just just Sheffield United. So that's um, you've got three three out of ten so far. Uh, Any more? Oh, there's one. So there's one that I featured twice. Um, oh, do you know what? I can see them as well. So it got, it, the last ten years. So ten seasons could be going back to when we were in the championship before. Um, 
Sheffield United was 2019, 20 season. You haven't yeah. got a 2018 or 19 season yet, um, oh. which was in the Premier League. And yeah. then you've got Leicester was 2017, 18 season. And then Palace was 2016 and 17 season. Right. I. Is Coventry one of them? Uh-uh. Ah, gosh, I'm not doing myself any favours. That FA Cup final season, that should be at the, the top of my memory. That wasn't when we beat West Ham, was it? No. Why? No? Brilliant. This is going even worse. <laughs> um, Manchester United. Manchester United when Troy Deeney scored the penalty. No. Brilliant. <laughs> uh, you'd, you'd think I would have done a little bit of research. Um, okay, help me out here then, Ben. Um, what? Can you give me any, any sort of clue? Uh, maybe the, the one that I featured twice, because I'm going to kick myself when I hear that one. So the team that's featured twice, yeah. it was in the Premier League. Everton? No. No, okay. They're a uh, London-based club. London-based club. Um, I don't think we've played... Ah, oh, Chelsea. Correct. Yeah, because I think Gomez pulled off that wonder save. Um, we lost 2-1 to Chelsea at home, 18-19 season, and then we drew 2-2 at home um, with Chelsea, 2015-16. Yeah. So the rest of them, a championship. Crikey. Um, crikey, crikey, crikey. So the season we went up, who did we play on Boxing Day? Um... Was that the 5-0 win over Charlton at home? It wasn't. I think that was New Year's Day. Um, crikey, these are good close, questions. Close, though. They're not far from Charlton. Fulham? No. No, it wasn't Fulham because I think I was at that one. Um, they're not far from Charlton. So who would have been in and around Charlton? That season, uh, in terms of geographic location-wise, uh, ah, Millwall. Yet our four-nil victory over Millwall in 2013 and 14 season. Brilliant. How many have I got left? Four. Four. Jesus. Um, okay. Um, so, is one of them 2010 season? 2010-11 um, is it? We was we was actually due to play Ipswich on Boxing Day that year, 2010-2011 season, but it was actually postponed due right. to blizzard-like conditions, so I've actually not included that one. So okay. we've skipped a year. Okay, that's fine. Um, I'm going to say... Um, I'll keep thinking of the first day of the season fixture because I know we've played Doncaster Rovers on the first day of the season a couple of times. Uh, but I'm going to say it anyway, is Doncaster Rovers one of them? No. No? Okay. I'll um, give you a clue for one of them. What, they're yes, not please. in England. Oh, um, Cardiff. Yeah. Which one was that? Uh, that it was. We drew 1-1 at home to Cardiff 2011-12 season. We never win on Boxing Day, ever. Um, I've gonna go Burnley. Have we ever played Burnley on Boxing Day? No, we haven't. No. Um, the other games are ones away, mm-hmm. and there is two at home. Two at home, one away. And well, we haven't won either. Any of them? No, we 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 tend not to do very well uh, on Boxing Day. Um, 
So I'm Go looking on. for 2014-15 season, 2012-13 season, and then 2009-10 season. Crikey, 2009-10 season. Um, wow. I think I'm going to struggle on that one. The the 12-13 season was under Zola. Um, that was his first year with the club. So... Was it Huddersfield? Because there was snow on the pitch that day. It wasn't, no. Uh, that was December, though. Yeah, because I remember there was snow and we, we scored that brilliant team goal. Um, uh, the two thousand. I'll give you a clue. The 2014-15 yeah. season was in a championship, but they are now a Premier League side and have been for a few years. Okay. Um we might we might have faced them on our way to Wembley. Wolves. Well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> One nil loss at home to Wolves. Uh, two more. Um, do you need clues? Both yeah, of give these me playing red. Give me clues. Both of them playing red. So let me think. And we were championship at the time. So yeah. red in the championship. I've said Charlton. Um, Bristol City? Yep. Uh, 2012-13 season, lost 2-0 away to Bristol City. Okay. And then, who else plays in red in the championship? There's probably people listening, screaming at the radios or whatever they're listening to. I think your uh, neighbours will be screaming. Uh, no, well, I don't say that. Is it a local team then, to me? We don't have anyone local playing red. Well, your neighbours are. Oh, oh wow! Oh wow! Oh wow! Nottingham Forest. Yes. Oh wow, that is an embarrassment. I might cut this whole thing out. Nottingham <laughs> Forest. Jesus. Okay, yeah. that was very yeah. very good. Let us know if you got all uh, ten at I hope home. Yours guys. was easier. Yeah. Uh, well, do you know what, mate? Mine. I cannot wait for mine at the end of this uh, end of this show. But yeah, guys, let us know if you got all ten uh, and. I'd imagine you got all 10 a lot quicker than I did because I was absolutely hopeless in that. And I knew that was going to be the question. I thought, shall I revise? Shall I not? I thought, no, nah, I'll back myself. I should know this. Uh, and I actually thought the Tottenham nil-nil where Troy had a penalty saved uh, last season, I actually thought that was the Boxing Day game. And until you mentioned Sheffield United earlier on this show, uh, I uh, I would have said Tottenham. So, yeah, but I think the Tottenham one was New Year's Day, possibly. I'm not sure. Um, So, moving on to our next category, and it's signing of the summer. Now, obviously, there's two transfer windows within the calendar year, but after extensive research, the, the January transfer window, we didn't actually bring anyone in uh, properly anyway. So, we are just counting the summer. So, with that in mind, Ben, who would your signing of the summer be? Because there's been a few. There's been a few, yeah. Um, It's out of two for me. I think it would either be the free transfer of Jeremy Ngakia, which is a shrewd bit of business from Watford. Very talented youngster. So much potential with him. Um, So, it would either be him or William Truce Econ, but I think I'm going to go for Econ purely because we've actually signed a centre-half he can defend. Yeah, yeah, and he's, as we've said in many podcasts, Ben, he's 
really the type of player that we needed last season uh, because I, I think he does have the pedigree to play in the top tier uh, and he's he's been a breath of fresh air now. I don't know how long he's out for with this hamstring injury. Uh, I've not seen anything and I've not seen the press conference as well, which was released tonight on the 23rd. So hopefully it's not out. For, he's not out for too long. Uh, but yeah, I, I completely agree. And there, there won't be many that are, are, are rooting for Jeremy and Gakia as well, Ben. Uh, so to be precise, when we put this out on social media, Jeremy and Gakia had nine votes on Instagram and three votes on Twitter. Um, so, and a couple of people said Truce to Kong as well. We've got Mark Gurney said Truce to Kong. Uh, Logan from Instagram said Truce to Kong. Luke Bird said Truce to Kong. First proper solid centre back we've had in a long time. Uh, Golden Boys 1881 and Key and Alexander actually both said James Garner, which is very, very interesting because. <laughs> We, we've not perhaps seen the best of him recently. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll always stick up for him. We've not seen the best of him, but I think we will see better of him under uh, Munoz. Um, Jeff Smart has said Ngakia or King Ken if he's allowed. Obviously, she's going to say King Ken because Ken Summers, her favourite player, has been forever and her obsession is finally paying off. Uh, she doesn't look nuts now whenever she uh, she, she fanboys over Ken Summer. Um, ben Smith said Stipe will be, but at the moment, Ngakia. Cameron Smart says Ngakia or Stipe Parizza. John Parslow again says Stipe Parizza. As an REM fan, I have to love a bit. I have to love a bit of Stipe, and he will prove to be a cult hero. Uh, so yeah, he's a, he's a fan of Stipe Parizza as well. Uh, Steve D said Pedro for me if he counts, but if not, truce to Kong. Unfortunately, Steve Pedro doesn't count because he was one of those that we signed earlier in the season, but didn't actually move over till the um, until the January. Uh, when he made his debut at home to Tramia in the Cup. Uh, and then Mike uh, R, which is at Mr. Underscore WFC, says, not a signing of such, but bringing Ken Semmer home is right up there. And Ben, we've talked about that as well. He's almost like a signing within itself, bringing him back, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's like a new player. Um, not having him last season, he's gone out got value experience and came back with a lot of confidence and yeah he's like a new signing and he's been absolutely fantastic and he's mm. been one of the players of this, the current season at the moment loves, loves having him back and with all the assists he's getting this season as well he's a valuable um, player at the moment he's so important and he's Swedish international as well so yeah loving King Ken yeah well you think all these assists he's got playing the style that we have under Rivic what, it's, it's almost as if we're going to let him off the leash with this Munoz if he promises and he actually brings this attacking football that he promises. So uh, it, it's going to be exciting times ahead. So, yeah, that's going to be very, very interesting. In terms of my signing of the summer, uh, I think it, it has to be Jeremy and Gakia. I think he's taken to this team and this level like a duck to water. He's, he's come in and so you have to think as well that He's, we're saying that he's like the signing of the summer, uh, or, or some of us are, and a lot of them are saying that he's a very, very good signing. But he's been ushered out of the team because of how well the fullbacks that we've had have been doing. So that says a lot about the competition within the side, that he's been pushed out of the side. But he's recently come back in because of the four at the back, uh, because Sem has been pushed up to play on the wing. So he's come back in. And I think at the very start of the season, Ben, I think you pointed out 
um, and you, you put it on our Twitter that he'd made the most interceptions uh, for a defender in the whole league at one stage uh, so yeah. early on in the season. So he's been pivotal and I think he's only going to grow stronger and stronger with every game he plays. So it's going to be interesting. He's definitely one to, uh, to keep an eye on. We now move on to the players sold slash loaned that we're missing the most category. Now, we drafted in our guy James from the Watford Way to give his thoughts on who we are missing the most. And this was James's player. Who the player was that we missed the most throughout this calendar year. And for me, it has to be the magic man, Gerard Delefeu. Obviously, we saw last season what he could do, albeit it wasn't his best season, but he gave us, again, like Ben Foster, that fighting chance of staying in the league. And when he got injured against Liverpool in February, that famous 3-0 win against Liverpool, um, I think a lot of Watford fans knew deep down that that really, really hindered our chances of staying up. And it was a shame to see him um, go off on loan to Udinese, but at least he's still in the Pozzo network. At least we've still got him... Um, out on loan so that if we do go up this season, Gerard Delafay, the magic man, can come back and hopefully help Watford stay in the Premier League next season, albeit as long as if as long as we go up. So for me, Gerard Delafay, um, I think is one of the only players that we have on our books who has that moment of magic in him. We obviously all saw in the FA Cup semi-final that marvellous chip um, into the top right-hand corner. Um, and yeah, he's just one of them players that you don't know what you're going to get. He can put out a 10 out of 10 performance, a 2 out of 10 performance. But when he puts in that 10 out of 10 performance, you've got a great chance of winning the game. So for me, the player we have missed most this year is Gerard Delefeu. So yeah, Ben, there's there's a lot to, to choose from because although maybe some names haven't performed consistently, there are some big name players that we did let go. Uh, and James obviously picking Gerard Delefeu there. Are you in the Delafayu camp or are you picking someone else? Yeah, I'm in the same uh, camp as uh, um, James. Uh, we miss the creativity mm-hmm. in midfield and attack through Delafayu. Um, he can create something out of nothing. He can pick the ball up, run it at defence, weaving and out of the defence and just slot it in the back of the net, just like he did with away to Norwich. And I think we're missing him the most. His creativity... He he can score, he can create. I know he used to shrug around the pitch quite a lot when things weren't going his way, but mm-hmm. I think it just shows that he just cared and he just wanted things to go well. And it was a frustrating season last year. So, yeah, um, I think the player we've, we are missing the most is Delafayu. But fingers crossed, it's not the last time we've seen him in a Watford shirt. Well, this is it. Thank God he's only gone out on loan and hopefully, fingers crossed, as you say, he's going to be returning and hopefully it's an instant return to the Premier League for the Hornets. Um, Because if we go back up and then he's had a full season at Udinese and he's got, you know, game time under his belt and a few goals here and there, I think the return of him... it will be sort of like the last category with King Ken. It will be like a new signing within itself. Um, Myself personally, I'm going to go a little bit sort of left field here, but I'm going to go Abdullah Decore. Now I'll, I'll put my hands up and I'll sort of admit that I probably wasn't his biggest fan towards the end of his Watford career, purely because it looked as if, that move to Everton, he knew he'd already got and he was sort of playing that way as if to think, well, I'll play football 
I know Watford are probably going to go down, but I'm still going to be a Premier League footballer next season. That, that's the sort of aura he was giving off whilst he was playing. So for me to sort of choose him, a lot of people might be scratching their heads thinking, did you watch him sort of the last part of the season? But I think we touched on it in the last podcast, Ben, how deflated Kapu looks, how disinterested, uninterested, sorry, Kapu looks at the moment and his body language. I think he misses a player like Decore next to him. Yes, Tom Cleverley runs and runs and runs and runs, but I just think that Decore adds a different dimension. He will run as well, but I just think those two together on their day were absolutely incredible. So I'm going to be a little bit different to the picks that we've had so far. And I'm going to go Abdullah Decore for my pick. And guys, like I say, we obviously did put out tweets which you guys got involved in. If there's anybody different that you would pick to the picks that myself, Ben, and our guests that have picked, let us know. Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, the usual shenanigans. Let us know. We will be delighted to hear them. We'll give them a retweet. We'll let us. We'll let you know our thoughts as well. Um, so. The next category is kits of 2020. So obviously we've had five kits in 2020 now, Ben. So for those that are not familiar with the kits or can't remember the kits, we obviously had the yellow and black sort of divide. We had the yellow one side, black the other side for the home kit. We had the blue away kit, all blue. A little bit miffed off at adidas because their templates are very lazy in the sense of if you're with adidas and you're not a massive massive club you will have the same template as everybody else and for those that don't know what i'm talking about look at our away kit from last season and then look at cardiff's home kit from last season it's the same kit just a different badge so adidas can be very very lazy which is one of the downsides uh, and one of the few downsides my add to actually having a big manufacturer such as adidas um we're going to throw in goalkeeper kits as well for the crack uh, we obviously had those superb uh, if anyone follows me personally on social media uh, you will see that the shirts that i wear out to anywhere are quite spectacular oh, in terms of, no no not horrendous Ben they're, they're, they're <laughs> different they're different they're off the off the spectrum I like to call them they're out there they're out there yeah I think that's probably the best thing we can say so f- for us to have the goalkeeper kits we had last season I thought was brilliant and I've actually got one in the wardrobe next door so yeah it, it's one of my favorites so um we had the blue uh, and it, it was like sort of a really weird pattern uh, and again, any Adidas goalkeeper kit last season, it was pretty much the same. Probably the colourway, which was different. Uh, and what was the away colour? Because the home one was blue. Did we have an away one? Was it like was a it salmon-y colour? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was orangey, wasn't it? So we've got those from last season. And then this season, uh, a lot of people, obviously, we didn't know about Kelmay, uh, Spanish, big Spanish manufacturer of kits. Um, not a lot of people have heard about them other than the Spanish teams. We were sort of really in the unknown about what they were going to be like. And I think, Ben, personally, I think they've done a stellar job. The, the, the fitting of the shirt itself, it props, isn't the greatest. But then again, I may have put on a little bit of weight from last season, so that probably doesn't help. Um, <laughs> but we've got the yellow and black, obviously, all 
the lines all sort of meet to the badge in the middle, uh, in the top right, sorry, which I think is spectacular. I think the feel to the badge as well. This sounds like a kit review podcast, but um, <laughs> the, the feel to the... Kelmay, if you're listening, I'm free for work over in Spain whenever you need me. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the feel to the badge is brilliant as well. Uh, you've got the away kit, which is white with a red trim. And then you've got the third kit, which we've not had in my lifetime. I don't think we've had a third kit. Um, intentionally anyway we last season had to use a third kit against Newcastle because the yellow and black uh, clashed with the black and white the dark blue would have clashed with the black so we actually wore our green away kit from the FA Cup final season and sort of used it as a third kit but I don't actually think we've had a proper third kit in my lifetime Uh, if I'm wrong on that let me know Uh, but yeah, so the third kit, which I've actually got on now, it's black and like the, the pattern of it, like it's really, really good. Um, so we've got that to choose from. And then the goalkeeper kits, simple as you like, green and blue. So in terms of the kit of 2020, Ben, you've got all of those to choose from, expertly described by my good self. Which one are you picking? I must say, I love the Kelmay shirts. I think they're... Yeah. Just another level to add a dash. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Love them. I'm going to say that I, for my 2020 kit, it's the black or third kit um, yeah. for this season. Um, it's, it's, it's just beautiful. Um, like you say as well, it's quite slimming when you've started to get a bit of a beer belly as well, um, <laughs> wearing black. So it's actually the ideal around Christmas time. Like we're all going to be struggling a bit around Christmas. But yeah, absolutely fantastic. I love love the feel of it. Love the design. Very smart. I think it's one of the, my one of my favourite Watford kits that we've ever had. Yeah, no, I, I think you always have that little bit of sort of eeriness when you go to a new manufacturer that you don't know. The problem that I have, uh, being a, a slightly larger gentleman, and I'm, I'm sure I'm not alone with this, um, but you don't know the, the, the fit of the kits. So we've added us or Nike or a Puma or someone that's well known you you know what you're getting you know the sort of feel to their clothes whereas Kelmay, i was looking at it and i was thinking i wonder what i'm going to have to do because i've found and uh, not to go off on a tangent about the kit here i'm really really trying to get this job at Kelmay, you can tell but um <laughs> not to go on too much but i've found and i don't know if anyone else has found this but the the fit compared to the away kit so the black third kit, sorry, fits differently than the home kit. So I've got a home kit in one size and it fits me brilliantly. And then I have to get another size in the away kit because it's a, it's a different type of material. So, um, yeah, I think that's a bit weird. But um, to be different from you, again, I don't want to be giving the same answers as you, Ben. I'm actually going to say the home kit because I just think, my mum's terrible for this. My mum doesn't like football or anything. But every season without fail, when the Watford kit comes out, I show her, I'm like, oh, mum, the new Watford kit's come out. Um, I show it out and she goes, it's the same as all the other years. She can't say that about this one because I think this has been the most unique design that we've had for a long time. Anyone can stick yellow next to black like we did last, last season. Anyone can think of yellow and black stripes like we did in 18, 19. 
you know, we've had some pretty simple designs and pretty easy designs. I think this year's design for the home kit is absolutely brilliant. So for that, I'm going to choose that home kit for this season. Like I say, guys, let me know your thoughts on social media. Moving forwards uh, and coming up to the sort of last few categories for this year's Voices of the Vic Christmas special, we move on to goal of the year. Now, there's quite a few um, that are saying that this one's quite an obvious one. Uh, I'm going to mix it up a little bit and I'm going to go first. Goal of the year for me, personally, I would have to say it's probably going to be the, in terms of spectacularness, I think it's got to be the Danny Welbeck overhead kick against Norwich, Ben. Um, we'll get your thoughts on what yours is in a little bit. But this was another one that we put out to our uh, followers over on social media. So Steve D said SARS second against Liverpool. We had five votes on Instagram and four votes on Twitter for Welbeck's overhead kick against Norwich. Ben Matthews said Pedro against Derby or Welbeck against Norwich. Jess Smart said Troy Deeney against Liverpool. That was a very, very underrated finish, may I add, as well. because he, Very smart finish. It was a very smart finish. Um, Robbie CF said Decore away at Brighton and Hove Albion. Because I think he did go on a little bit of a run. Uh, so, again, very, Another very strong clever. one. Yeah. Um, one which I, I would have loved to have been a clean hit and sort of a little bit more spectacular because of who it was against. Kian Alexander said Pedro against Luton. Now, ben, I think I that's think... only in it because it's against Luton. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, Ashton has said Chalaber against Preston North End. What a finish, by the way. And do you know the other one he's put, <laughs> which makes me laugh? I'm sort of thinking, <laughs> is he being serious or is he taking a li mick a little bit? He said Tom Cleverley against Stoke. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure. That's a finish. Yeah, and uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> the less said about that one, the best, Ashton. And it, it might be for the best that you've only started supporting Watford recently. Um, Harry Venning said Sars opener against Liverpool. Uh, Golden Boys 1881 has also said Pedro against Derby or Welbs against Norwich. And then Luke Bird has also voted for Welbs against Norwich or Chalaber against Preston. And then just the last three that we've received, just to pick out a few names, Elliot WFC 1667 said Saar against Man United, which, again, that, that was gifted to us, really. De Gea let it slip through his hands. So not the cleanest of finishes, but you'll take it all day. Um, and then... Hornets Nest 1881 said Messina against Everton. I was at that game. Um, unfortunate circumstances. It was a good finish, but we ended up going 2-0 up and then losing 3-2. So the, the, the quicker I can forget about that one, the better. Uh, and then Logan has also said Decore against Brighton and Hove Albion. Now, Ben, there's quite a array of votes in that one. Is is your vote in there as well, or is yours is yours not being mentioned as of yet? Yeah, no, my one's been mentioned. I'm going to be a little bit different, um, yeah. obviously, because you've gone for the Welbeck goal, which was a fantastic goal and probably yeah. is the, the goal of 2020. But oh, I love Joel Pedro's goal at Derby. Um, oh, yeah. Just fantastic for, for a, a kid so young to deliver like that. It was, it was just a fantastic finish to get away from his man, open up his body, curl it into the top bins. 
on the same pitch as Wayne Rooney and I thought that was Wayne Rooney-esque that finish as well and I loved the celebration as well so yeah, yeah. I'm going for Joe Pedro against Derby as my goal of 2020 Yeah and uh, rightly so as well you know that, that some of the replies that we had all great goals uh, certainly like the Deeney one against Liverpool I thought it was as you said a very smart finish but what, what I liked about that Pedro one which you picked up on there Ben all that week before the the lead up to that game it was Pedro um, was talking about how he grew up in Brazil watching Wayne Rooney and to share a picture of him would have been a massive thing and then to score a goal of sort of Rooney-esque goal because in Rooney's prime we, we used to see him do that pretty much every other week so for him to score a goal like that when Rooney was on the same pitch as him that must have been absolutely brilliant and obviously it won us the game which makes it even sweeter uh, but a, another sort of non-classic Vladimirovich style 1-0 win um, probably the most important category and the most valuable category I think we, we're going to finish up on in terms of categories um, is player of the calendar year 2020 the next three voices you will hear are our guests who by the way if you're listening guys thank you very very much we just want to say a massive thank you to Jacob Coulshaw Tom Wicks and James Batchelor they've obviously been on our show this season we hope to get three all three of you back on at some stage and as me and Ben often say we are we have got some more guests in the pipeline so thanks to all future guests and all past guests as well so the next three voices you will hear is Jacob Tom and James giving their player of the year so my Watford player of the calendar year. I think there's two players that could be up for this award. The first one is Kiko Feminia. I think Kiko has been actually brilliant for us this year. Um, started in that left-back role under Nigel Pearson. I think struggled with it initially a little bit, uh, but he's grown into his role at Watford and I think he's been fantastic. He's played at right-back, at left-back. He's had to adapt to different roles. That performance against the Dharma trial right at the start of the year really does stand out for me. Um, he was That's probably one of the best performances I've seen from Kiko. And then this season, he, he managed to, we managed to keep hold of him at the football club and he's been our player of the season so far. So I think Kiko is definitely a worthy um, name to, to, to put for that award. But I think the man who wins it for me is Super Ben Foster. He has been brilliant throughout 2020. Um, the amount of big saves he's made for us, the amount of points he's saved, the amount of points he's gained for us, that, that's, the, that's the harsh reality. We had a leaky defence in the Premier League under, under Nigel Pearson. Um, and he was the man who was constantly getting us out of situations and constantly making that save in those clutch moments. And even this season, I don't think he's hit the heights maybe as last season. Um, he's probably had less to do in all honesty, so it's a different role for him. He's got to even have more concentration, the fact that he won't have a lot to do and then something will happen um, very quickly. But I think Ben's stepped up and he's made so many big saves for us. Sometimes you can't even believe he's made those saves. So yes, there's maybe questions, question marks over his distribution, but I think... The fact of the matter is Ben has made so many saves for us and, and he has to be up there for the player of the calendar year because we would have been down and out under Nigel Pearson if it wasn't for Ben Foster. Um, and I think, again, he's making some big saves this season and keeping us in football matches. So for me, the player of the year of the calendar year is Ben Foster, closely followed by Kika Feminia. And then if we were going to go for a third place, we'd probably go Etienne Capu. They are my top three. Hello, it's Tom, the editor of Golden Pages Watford fanzine. I've picked my player of the calendar year and the worst performance of 2020. So the player of the calendar year, perhaps a bit of a strange choice for a side that was relegated, but my pick is Ben Foster. 
He's been the most consistently high-quality performing player with very few iffy performances throughout the 12 months. He's won us many points, without which we would have been relegated far earlier. Foster was behind a woeful defence for the Premier League portion of 2020, but performed well. Plenty of people outside the club were rightly calling for Fozzie to rescind his international retirement. We've been very lucky to have him at Vicarage Road for a second spell at the club and to keep him despite relegation. The Cycling GK has also started the championship season in fine form. With Foster's experience and quality and Ivic's playing style, if he stays of course, I have no doubt they'll keep many more clean sheets and be a contender for player of the season. Hi guys, James here. Hope you're all doing well and I hope you're all having a lovely, lovely Christmas and staying safe. But I'm here to talk about my personal favourite player that Watford have had this calendar year. And for me, there is not many contenders, obviously, because um, of our relegation from the Premier League. But it has to be Ben Foster. I think that Ben Foster, some of the performances that he put in during this calendar year, he really gave us a fighting chance of staying up and if he wasn't in goal I think we would have been long long relegated um, before we were on that final day against Arsenal so Ben Foster for me and also off the pitch obviously he started his Cycling GK uh, YouTube channel where he's donating the revenue from that um, a percentage of the revenue from that to mind which I think is a really really good idea and it's allowed fans I think during these times during these tough times um, with Covid to feel more connected to the players you know, obviously taking the camera into the dressing room, you know, showing us around the grounds. Um, and I think that's something that I think we all appreciate. And I'm sure a lot of you do agree with me that Ben Foster is up there as one of our best players this year in terms of performances and his character off the pitch as well. So for me, Ben Foster. So some very interesting picks. I, I say interesting picks. I, I think they were all reading off the same hymn sheet by the signs of it, Ben. But... <laughs> Listen, when your team gets relegated in, in, in a calendar year, like it's difficult to pick out like loads of different players because obviously there's a reason we got relegated. But who would your player of the calendar year be? And, and give us a, a brief explanation as to why. I totally agree with the three boys. Um, you can't look any further than Ben Foster. Absolutely tremendous last season. And for the start of this season, he's been brilliant as well. Yes, okay, he's, he's, a few errors have sneaked into his game, but that happens with most keepers. Uh, absolutely fantastic keeper. I feel privileged to have him as our keeper. Um, it's great to have someone that experienced between the sticks that helps out the defence and the younger lads in front of him. Um, I love his personality. He's a, he's a good guy, good round guy. Also, I think in the last 2020, um, Ben Foster actually helped a guy who, who actually, an elderly man on yes. the roadside as well. So if there's a hero of 2020, it would be Ben Foster as well, who, who stopped on the side of the road, made sure he was all right, and then drove him to his home and made sure that he was safe. So yeah, my hero of 2020 would be Ben Foster and also my player of 2020. Yeah, uh, and just an extension on what you've just said, obviously, help that elderly gentleman. I, I thought one of the best videos and one of the most touching videos I've ever watched um, was him oh, with yeah. that little girl. Uh, the, her name Bless escapes it. me, but he was yeah. absolutely brilliant. It's very rare now yeah, oh, I, that I you see... He went in to see her and he was like, who's your favourite player? And he went, Gomez. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then still, oh. yeah, no, that, that was absolutely brilliant. Um, but That was emotional watching that video. It, it, was, it? It, it, it was, it was very emotional. It was very emotional. And I think 
it's very rare that you see players do that nowadays. I've been quite fortunate to be mascot twice in the past. Um, once against Sheffield United in 05 and one last year. Uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. One last year when uh, I actually replaced um, Andre Gray at half time. Um, no, um, so one in 2005 six season against Sheffield United, and one against Blackpool on the last day of the season 07 08 when we snuck playoffs by one goal. Uh, our goal difference is better by one, and like it's very rare that you'd get players sort of you'd get a peep out of them nowadays, but I think the whole day was brilliant for her. Um, I also read a story that um, she took quite a liking into Roberto Pereira's bag. It was like a Christian Louboutin bag. Um, oh, yeah. Um, the, it was like really shiny and these bags are like really expensive. I think they're over a grand and hence why the, all the footballers wear them. And she loved that bag. And Ben Foster actually said, when they were watching the video back, Ben Foster and his wife were saying, well, we'll send us some similar bags because those bags are like over a grand each. Uh, but it turns out that Roberto Pereira had actually sent her the exact same bag. Uh, and he didn't make a, a fuss about it or anything. So I, I just wanted to add that bit. I thought that was absolutely brilliant. Like, see, I love that about footballers. I, yeah. I know they get they get a lot of bad press sometimes, but when they when they go that extra mile and make make someone's day very special and to help out that little girl and help that guy on the right roadside as well, and yeah. even like we, we've we've seen recently in the last week as well, your your good friend Paul Hogan as well. Yeah, um, he's been suffering uh, the last few weeks. I mean. Troy Deeney reached out and said he could have his tickets for the game against Brentford. So it's just good to see that footballers do, they are a good bunch deep down and they always want to help out the fans. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that about Paul. You know, I don't sort of confess to, to know him as well as some people may do, but Paul definitely helped me when I ran my 10K in May um, earlier sort of in a year um, for someone that is sort of new to running and running that sort of distance I've reached out to Paul via DMs because you know I, I saw that he's a keen runner and you know the advice that he gave me was absolutely stellar and he actually told me sort of he gave me a little plan as to what days to run in the lead up to the 10k so that week because I was running on the Sunday he told me what days were best to run that week and just the advice that he used to give me was absolutely brilliant so to see that he's been struggling uh, as much as he has you know broke my heart and then to see that Troy Deeney sort of come out and said right you can have my ticket I thought that was brilliant and I think at first Paul said he couldn't go and his son Aidan went but it turns out in the end that both of them went so that was absolutely brilliant to see um, but it, it just shows that even when the club may be going through some tough times like last season with uh, I think Molly was a name uh, that's yeah, just yeah, come that's to it. me um, it, last season when little Molly had that brilliant day out we were fighting against relegation but the players were still brilliant you know they were absolutely superb and then obviously things haven't been going to plan recently with Ivic and Troy Deeney still 
you know, handing out tickets like he was. So I think that's absolutely brilliant. And I know we've gone a little bit off topic there, but I, I think it is something that needed sort of discussing. Um, but in terms of my player, I'm sorry to be boring listener, but I, I, I can't go past Ben Foster. I, I, I agree also with what Jacob said. If we were going to give second place, he's Kiko Feminia. I know he's got a lot of stick in terms of maybe he hasn't looked like a defender, especially not in the Premier League, but I think he's come on leaps and bounds. And to think we got him from a free, on a free from Alaves as well. Um, and I think he's he's shown his worth, well, I'll say he's shown his worth, but he's definitely played superbly and I think he's only going to get stronger. And it, it was a brilliant coup to keep hold of him. And he, he's certainly impressed me this season. He's kept uh, Jeremy and Gakia out the side as well at the start of the season. So that, that was absolutely fantastic because Gakia was doing so well. So guys, just before we do finish, it is now time for my question to Ben. So Ben, are you ready? I'm kind of shitting myself a bit. Here. <laughs> uh, I'm, 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 I'll help you out, mate. Quizzes. <laughs> I'll help you out. To be fair, once you get the first couple, if you start struggling, I can tell you the season they they joined, and I'll give you a few clues. Okay. But. In celebration of Watford appointing Spaniard Cisco Munoz, can you name the 10 Spanish players who the club have signed in the last 10 years? Now, I'll I'll say, I'll say to you what, I'll say to the listener what I said to you before we started recording. I went through every season earlier today, every season in the last 10 years, and there is bang on 10. Now, one of them, has never, I'll I'll give you the clue now, because that will help you out. One of them has never actually played for the club. When he joined, we sent him out on loan. And as far as I'm aware, we've now sold him, or he could still be on loan, but he's never played for the club. He's one of those Pozzo loans, uh, Pozzo deals, sorry, where he come in and we shipped him straight out on loan. So that is the clue for the ninth one because there is literally 10 in the last 10 years so when you're ready Ben wow. the 10 <laughs> Spanish players <laughs> I'm, I'm really struggling with that one already um, okay so I am going to say Kiko Femenia yep he one. signed in 17-18 season um, Gerardo uh, yep Gerardo. he signed in 15-16 season we had three that season he's one of them um, okay then uh, what's his name what's his name Suarez yep he's the second Mario one that Suarez. we joined so you've so far you've got Kiko Femenia you've got Gerardo and you've got Mario Suarez so you've got two of the three that signed in 15-16 and to give a further clue Ben um, because this really I really will tip my hat if you get this the third the, that player that I'm on about the one that is tough to get, also signed in 15-16 season. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I'll have a little think on that one then. Yeah. Uh, Ger- Gerard Delafeu. Yep. He signed in 17-18 season. Cool. Um, Just think 10 years. Oh, Manuel Almunia, does he count as Spanish? He is indeed Spanish, yes. Um, I, I know he, he almost ended up playing for... Um, <laughs> England at some point, didn't he? He signed uh, in twelve thirteen, along with another Spaniard that season. Um, 
This is so tough. Well, when you when you need clues, just let me know, and I'll uh, I'll start giving you some clues. Who, I need a clue for other one with um, Gerardo and. Okay, I'll give you a clue for the Gerardo one. And listeners, yeah. if you're playing at home, let me know how you got on. He joined Watford, and we sent him out on loan. As far as I'm aware, he's a fullback. There was reported interest from Barcelona, and we told them that they would have to pay more than we bought him for. He would have to, sorry, Barcelona were interested, and we we told them, you can have him on loan, but you have to pay a substantial fee. And he was like one of the highly regarded fullbacks in the um, in the La Liga back in fifteen sixteen. There's some <laughs> other there's some other obvious ones, so I wouldn't worry about that one just yet. I'd I'd try okay, and knock yeah. off the other ones. Right. Okay. Yeah, I'll try and think of the other ones. Uh, one of them plays so, in the Premier do... League at the moment, and we brought him in on loan in thirteen fourteen season. And he plays in the Premier League at the moment. He's also a fullback. That should be enough of a clue. 13-14 season, fullback. Beppe Sanino season. Um, Leuno is a Mexican, isn't he? He's Mexican, yeah. This is difficult, isn't it? Well, you've got five out of five so far, so you're halfway there. Hector Bellerin. Yes. Six I forgot we had him on loan. Yeah, I know. Sometimes I forget that we had him on loan. Like, I was looking Rapid, through. Rapid, isn't he? He was very, very quick. We also had another Spanishman that season, Ben, 13 14. Uh, and at the time, um, it was quite a good signing because it was that season where it was a season of consolidation where we knew we weren't going up. But I know who you're on about. Yeah. 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 I, I can't believe we signed this player. Um, vastly experienced guy when he came to the Vic, wasn't he? Uh, yeah. Pl- uh, played for Liverpool. He certainly did. Alberto Riera, is it? He, yep, absolutely. So you have got one, two, three left. Now, um, oh. I'll give you... Uh, this clue should give it away. He's still with the club. But you, you, you could easily forget that he, he, he's still with the club. But... He, uh, he recently... Oh, no, I'm not going to say that because that will give it away. Recently had a baby. <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> You've got him. <laughs> uh, he's still with the club. What, as in... We signed... squads? Um, oh, oh, God, this is going to give it away. But matchday squads, yes. Um, we signed him back in 18-19. So the FA Cup season. FA Cup final season, as I like to call it. Wow, he can't be like a mainstay in the team. He can't uh, he's not, um, because he had quite, again, this is going to give it away, but he had quite oh. an, yeah, go on. Quite a few injuries then. Um, yes, that's not the clue I was going to say, but he has had his bad luck with injuries. Do you think you've got it? Mark Navarro. Yeah, that's the one. So two more left. Now, I'm going to yeah, leave. back that you were saying about Barcelona, was he? No, he's not, no. Oh, I'm going to leave that one till last because you can get this other one. So remember I said 12-13 season. That was the season the Pozzos come in. All I'm going to yeah. say is think about the playoff final. Playoff final. 
because there'll be a lot of people out there that remember his performance in the playoff final because I personally think he, he went under the radar a little bit. He didn't play the full match though, but it's enough clues. <laughs> um, was he a bit of a bit part player that season? He certainly was, Ben. I think you've got it, haven't you? I think he scored at home to Charlton that season um, as well. I think you are right, yes. A tall striker. Yeah, you've got him, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. Alex yeah. Hayhoe? Yeah, the uh, the man that had the... Uh, the... He was someone who deserved more game time, didn't he? Yeah, really? I thought he was... Uh, other than Lloyd, Lloyd Doyley was brilliant in the playoff final, but I think Alexander Hayhoe in that playoff final was brilliant as well. He um, he had the Toyo Cruz song named after him, the... I throw my hands up in the air sometimes, <laughs> saying, hey, yo, Alex, hey, yo. Can't believe I just sung on a podcast. Um, okay. Well, so, this <laughs> this last one. I, I'm stuck on this one. So, what year was it again? It was 15-16, but you have to remember, Ben, he never made an official appearance, uh, official appearance for us. We signed him. Barcelona was sniffing around. He said he didn't want to join Watford. Um, and I'm just going to have a look now whilst we are live. And he is actually... <laughs> no longer with us. <laughs> well, no, he, he, he's no longer with us. But I don't believe he's one of our players anymore, Ben. But he joined us. He's a fullback. Um, fullback, Spanish... Um, he's currently at Alanya Spore. Alanya Spore? He's done well for himself. Yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's gone on leaps and bounds since leaving Watford. Uh, but he joins Deportivo La Coruña permanently after Watford. Uh, he went to Deportivo La Coruña. Um, we signed him from Deportivo La Coruña. You haven't got a clue, have you? Honestly, no. Nah, you're going to have to help me out on this one. Juan Fran. Juan Fran. <laughs> yeah, remember him? Uh, Real Madrid B team or something, was that's it? That's the fella. Yeah. He oh, made Juan one Fran. appearance as well for... Um, oh, that for Juan Fran. Yeah. <laughs> oh, him. Yeah, him. Oh, yeah. Got him yeah. on the back of my shirt. <laughs> yeah, 15, 16 season. Got him back <laughs> of my shirt. But yeah, no, that was... Um, you, you got it quicker than I did and you needed less clues than I did, so... Yeah, stellar performance there, Ben. I, when when you told me yours was tricky, I thought, right, I've got to get him back somehow. And I thought, why not? And to be honest, Ben, I thought we had more Spaniards in the last sort of 10 years than that. I was very surprised to find that it's only those 10 in the last 10 years. And I looked even further back, and it looks like in the last 20 years as well. Um, oh, wow. So, yeah. I, I'm always... I enjoyed that. That was good. Well done, mate. Yeah, thank you very, very much. But, yeah, guys, that basically wraps up our Christmas special podcast we really do hope you enjoyed it like I say obviously this is the first sort of year if you like that me and Ben have done this so all the feedback we can get will be massively appreciated because this time next year we want to be doing the same thing and we want to know where we went wrong yeah and uh, we'll we'll have a sing-along next time uh, (laughs) and everyone else can join in but no really guys we really do appreciate it the support you're giving us at the moment we're blown away like me and ben text regularly saying is this really happening like are we really getting this interaction and you know the the tweets we've been putting out recently you guys have been absolutely superb a massive shout out to ben for his idea to put 
Um, if you could have one player return from the promotion season of 14, 15, who would it be? And the reaction we got, my phone was blowing up because of the reaction that we got. So we cannot thank you enough. Um, we really hope you've enjoyed these six months or so of us being around. We see all your tweets to us, all your praise, everything, and we really do appreciate it. We we literally just started out as we thought, right, we're two mates, we're talking about football, we'll put it on Spotify, etc., and we'll see where it goes. And it, it's gone on massively. Uh, obviously, in the new year for ourselves, uh, we've got that partnership with FanHub 100, uh, which we are... are can't wait to fully sort of integrate into that because big things will be coming uh, and we've like I says we've got some special guests starting with this weekend uh, we'll let you know closer to the weekend um, albeit obviously the podcast being released on Thursday uh, we'll let you know tomorrow on Friday who that special guest is joining us for the Norwich game. We've also got a special guest for the Swansea City game as well. So keep your eyes peeled as to who that will be. But from myself, Mike Duffy, and from my co-host, Ben Ayton, we wish you the merry, merry Christmas. No matter what tier you're in, hopefully next year is the start of something good and we can go back to some normality but thank you as always for the support that you give us we really do appreciate it stay safe keep well and we wish you a very merry christmas stay safe guys Podcast Network.